But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. Sir. We will I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Life. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just got Ooh, ran down. Everybody knows I don't remember any of it. Now he's like on his feet. Are we there? Who's house? Rams. Wow. Rams. 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 I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by my brother and the other host of this show, Nick. And Nick, Sean McVay's back. The Rams are back in action. Seems like the entire core is coming back. I see you have a little smile on your face. How are you today? The prodigal prince has returned, and I'm not talking about myself. Sean McVay is the Rams head coach going into next year. Yeah, everybody collectively just... Take the weight off your chest and release this sigh because it feels amazing. I was already thinking that it was over, but, you know, five short days later and here we are. I, I see it. Like I knew you had a feeling that it was all kind of coming to a close. And when we we did our last podcast, I went back and listened to to the end and how we kind of went through the conversation that he had with the press and everything like that. When you're such a crazy competitor when you're so dedicated to the business, when you're so dedicated to your craft, it feels like it's almost impossible to step away. And Nick, the decision came within 48 hours. On the, on the 24th hour of McVay being undecided, right? He told his coaching staff that they could all go out and look for other jobs. And then 24 hours after the fact, he confirmed that he's coming back as the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. So some incredible news that was really kind of kicked off yesterday, Friday the 13th by Jalen Ramsey, which was somewhat of a cryptic tweet. I don't know if a lot of people really kind of understood the meaning behind it, which a lot of Jalen's tweets are supposed to be directed that way to where there's an underlying meaning that is only direct to him and not to his massive, massive Twitter audience. Um, but there was some uncertainty that Jalen Ramsey wouldn't be coming back, that he people thought that he played his last snap as, as a Ram. So there was that news. Everybody was trying to dissect what was happening there. And then about midway through the day, closer to like 4 p.m. Eastern, Sean McVay announces that he's coming back. You're seeing reports all across the league. And I think that there's a massive sigh of relief across Rams Nation, right? Because nobody really knows what we would have done. It's it's like you said on the last podcast, Nick, we kind of grew up with Sean McVay. We kind of grew up with this era, this regime, this core. So it would uh it would take a lot for um for you for fans to kind of reinvest in it in a brand new personality, right? As a brand new leader of the organization. So happy that it happened this way. Uh, it sounds like they did have some kind of plan in place, the organization, for if he were have to have retired last year. So I'm assuming they probably have one in place this year as well. I think it would have just put Raheem as the head coach, which mm -hmm. would have been interesting to say the least um especially particularly on who they brought in and i think a lot of mcveigh's decision was look i'm i don't like really the the the, the personnel that i have around me i kind of want them all to find their like their own way because it didn't work this year um and i think maybe stepping down or like attempting to step down could have just been his way of being like I don't want to, you know, go through this right now and like fire every single person. 
I don't know yeah. because because I don't know how you how it can happen so fast to be like I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. I'm back. Like I don't That's know how you can make that turnaround. <laughs> There's a human element of it. Like I'm trying to imagine where he was when that when the decision was made, what he was watching, if he was on his phone, if he was going back and forth with his wife, right? So there's a, a personal element to where how did this all happen so quickly? You, I mean, that's what I said. So it was a 48 hour time frame. It was within the first 24 hours. You guys could all go out. Thomas Brown was interviewing with the Texans. Raheem Morris was interviewing yesterday. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, tweeted out that he completed an interview with Raheem yesterday afternoon. So like things are, are moving. And I, I assume that the decision came so quick because he realized that the nature of the league, the way that it's moving so quickly, you kind of have to have things in place by a certain date for the sake of the organization, right? You don't want to delay a, co a coaching search two weeks and everything is kind of delayed into the off season and not everybody is, is onboarded and up to speed in the time frame that they're supposed to be, right? There's kind of like a, a, a typical template that you want to be able to follow in terms of the hire, the onboarding, the time to, to get adjusted and reacclimated to the culture. So there's um, a, a lot that kind of comes with it. But like Thomas Brown is somebody that I would definitely want to keep. But if Raheem wants to go and, and coach the uh, the Colts, you know, there's a potential third round comp pick that we would get back for Raheem going over to the Colts. So right. Also not all lost. If Raheem leaves, you gotta think that he's gonna take some of the staff with him. It's just it's just how it goes, you know, like whenever very uh, much so Mike McDaniels, is that his name? The Dolphins head coach took like yep. you know, just kept poaching from the uh, Niner staff as he was creating his entire, you know, staff. So with leaves, you're going to like see a lot of people depart. And I think that's kind of what McVeigh wants. Um, what's amazing to me, though, is there was never a doubt Sneed, Stafford, Cup, like that group was here no matter what. So thank God it was really, I mean, I, I said this on the last podcast, it was Donald I was worried about. And I'm, I'm at, I'm of the opinion where I think if you're going to get rid of Raheem, and this new defensive coordinator comes in and doesn't like has like a different vision and thinks that they can get more without Jalen Ramsey. Like, I think let him fly, go to a contender, you know, like I'm I'm okay with seeing him part, especially after that tweet. And I know he said he didn't uh like he don't take it like this is my last snap as a Ram. I just met the Pro Bowl. Like, did you like <laughs> I don't know how anybody could have read it that way. Like it was, yeah. it, it was insanely like, yeah, I'm done. Like if this is the end, I, at least I went out with two interceptions. Like, well, just want to clear the air. You don't want Jalen Ramsey to go anywhere, right? I don't, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be opposed to hearing offers. That's so all. he's the one member of your core that you would be willing to part ways with considering the fact that, you know, he's, he's a big cap hit. You're going to look to probably restructure a couple guys at the top. Maybe you could potentially get into the first round this year. You get back into the first round next year. Maybe you have two first round picks next year. Um, I, no, I just, it's not something that I listen. I, I don't want to discuss that when the time comes, I feel like we could potentially open the door of where is a, a good suit for Jalen Ramsey. What is the proper compensation we can get back for him? But like going back to what you said with Raheem Morris and the way that he structures his defense, you know, potentially we just looked at Kevin O'Connell, how he brought Wes Phillips with him right to Minnesota. So to your point, maybe he brings Eric Henderson. Maybe he brings Jonathan Cooley, who's the defensive backs coach. Maybe he brings Eric Yarber with him too. So that there's very much of a fear that I think is built in there. And then there's the other side of it too, that we're looking at, right? Who's the next 
potential defensive coordinator who could step in and fill the vacancy for Raheem Morris. Considering the success that we had with Brandon Staley back in 2020 and how much Jalen Ramsey was adaptive to that scheme, how much Aaron Donald loves some of the isolation where he could, you know, he could have his own individual one-on-one matchup because they're stunting, because they're moving defensive backs around, because linebackers are kind of coming to the line of scrimmage and faking a blitz and then dropping into zone coverage. There's so much from a schematic standpoint, I feel like a, a new regime would be able to offer instead of the, you know, the stereotypical bend don't break defense, which is essentially another way to, to call Brandon Staley's defense and Vic Fangio's defense what it is. But th- I think there's an, there's a next level, there's an evolution to it that I feel like from a schematic standpoint, maybe Rams fans, players, personnel can all kind of really benefit from another mind in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, maybe uh, they bring somebody in and Ramsey doesn't like the direction of the defense. And I don't think he's that kind yeah. of player, but you know, it could be a possibility where he kind of wants to be, shocked um it's la though i feel like he probably wants to stay if that i would think so if he can help yeah i mean he and those he won the ring so that vic fangio brandon staley scheme allows him to kind of play around wherever he wants to play right so it still gives you it still gives him the flexibility you're you're not in on vic fangio's one no i'm not no no. i i'm very in i'm just imagining what the team could look like if they brought him in or you could imagine the Vic Fangio and potentially Frank Reich as offensive coordinator, right? Or Cliff, Kingsbury. I would. Like, oh my God, that would just be a powerhouse of a of a coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very very interested in what Frank Reich could potentially offer, but I think just kind of going back to what Vic Fangio has to offer and potentially him or another disciple of that scheme, like Joe Barry was a disciple of that scheme, went over to Green Bay. You saw what Brandon Staley's doing with the Chargers right now, so very very beneficial in terms of that organization and their direction. Kind of. Yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll see what happens with Mike Williams and uh, and their game tomorrow. Yeah, but, exactly. is, it t- is the game today? It's today. It's, it's why I have this this Jaguars mug. Right. It's it, there. You go. There's the Jags mug. Got the yeah, ticket from, for like two bucks, and it's part of my picks. And I was like, you, you never see this old school Jaguars logo anymore. You know, no, it's you like, never do. It's like 1999 logo. That is correct. And it's you know what that you know what that logo reminds me of. It reminds me of Mark Brunel and the Ooh. 14 and two Fred Taylor Jacksonville Jaguars that I think got bounced in the divisional round. That team would have played the 1999 Rams in the Super Bowl, potentially, if they would have beaten the Titans. Yeah, I think I that's how so. good that team was and that, what that logo represents to me. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot behind that logo. Fangio is is a very interesting name. right? I think that that's something that you go back to all the way to 2018, the Matt Nagy and Vic Fangio scheme that, that took us down and that uh, – that Chicago Bears game where we were just defeated. We thought that Jared Goff was figured out. We thought that Sean McVay's offense holistically was figured out after they put up. And at the time, it it actually was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was used against us again in the, in the biggest stage. So you're t- so what I wanted to the picture that I wanted to paint was potentially you bring in somebody like Vic Fangio and then Frank Reich. If you remember the year before the Rams went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator who kept adding layers and wrinkles to the RPO offense after Carson Wentz went down. So the, uh, the, uh, the RPO offense with Nick Foles leading the helm was actually better with, with Frank Reich and, you know, without Carson Wentz in the mix. So I'm very, very interested to see, you know, Frank Reich as a head coach is pretty decent head coach, right? He has a decent record, I think 38 and 27, 
Uh, he's well liked across the league. I just didn't know when we talked about him in the last podcast if there was a direct correlation between those two. But 41 points in a Super Bowl the year before we put up three against Bill Belichick's defense, heavily, heavily interested in bringing him into the building. That Super Bowl has rewarded Frank Wright a career as a head coach. And he has made some boneheaded calls since he's been a head coach, Um, particularly bringing in Carson Wentz and then Matt Ryan. And I I mean, you could, you could blame the front office equally for that too. Right. 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 just wanted to go and the GM. Yep. But I think, you know, maybe if you put him back in his offensive coordinator box and you kind of, you know, go for maybe give him the play calling and then allow McVay, if he sees something to, you know, kind of speak on it. But as a head coach, sometimes these guys, they like, once they get the head coaching job, it's like the, the, the offense kind of gets figured out because they have too many, you know, too many spoons and like all these other different pots all over the place. Yep. So if you can kind of focus in on what you're really good at, like a Frank Reich or a Cliff Kingsbury. Um, and then this one you have here, which actually is really interesting. Mike LaFleur. I, I mean, uh, we, I think we know from the, I, the way that the show is structured that brothers can be drastically different from one another. Right. It's <laughs> like the fact that he got fired and they tried to like have him fall on the Zach Wilson, Mike White sword this yeah. year is insane. Um, the Jets were – they were a defensive powerhouse, but, you know, their offense has had to score enough to get them in the playoff picture late into December. Yeah. Uh, and it, to, to make this guy, when, when you had some of the worst quarterback play between your three quarterbacks I've ever seen, uh, and then you want to pin it on the guy that's not throwing the ball and it's just drawing up the scheme, I just think that was insane. He's going to get – uh, you know, caught up really soon. Cliff Kingsbury certainly has some stink on him right now. I would think. I don't think people want to dive into that. Uh, I I think that's the highest ceiling, though. If you get Cliff Kingsbury, um, because then you can kind of, you know, he's he doesn't have to work with Kyler, who is going to kind of make up his own play if it's just like, oh, I can't throw it that deep. I'm just going to run. You yeah. know, like yeah. you force the quarterback to have to do what is in the scheme because Stafford's not going to, you know, break, break out like an 11 yard run every now and then. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, you can go back and forth. You can go Mike LaFleur, which was something that Jordan, Jordan Rodriguez actually broke. Was it earlier today or was it yesterday that she had tweeted about him potentially being an option? It's, it's definitely very real. And you would assume that because of the way that that breakup happened, right? Because Mike LaFleur is a very vocal guy, similar to the way that his, his older brother is, I believe it's his older brother in Matt LaFleur, but I, that's, up. yeah, you can. Yeah. So when we went back and listened to the, that Peter Schrager podcast, I forget what the name of it was, but it was specific to McVeigh. McVeigh was a co-host. He really dedicated a ton of time to talking about why Matt LaFleur was such an integral part about the way that they developed that offense, because he was constantly pushing on Sean McVeigh to evolve it to the next level, to be able to look at it from a different lens. If Mike LaFleur has that same ability, there's zero doubt that Sean McVay could identify that and bring it into the building fairly quickly because there is also zero doubt that Sean McVay felt like he thought he was going to have more time with Matt LaFleur as his offensive coordinator. So that was a, that 2017 offense, the way that it came into the league, the way that it was just as revolutionary as it was. I don't know why I always go back to that Giants game that year in 2017 where they won like 43 to six. 
I just I'd never seen anything like that in my childhood as a Rams fan outside of the greatest show on turf. So it felt like there was this newness, right? So if, if Michael Floor, that team wins seven games with the combination of Mike White, Joe Flacco, and and Zach Wilson, like where are their skilled players, right? Yeah. There's there wasn't a ton on that Jets offense to where you can kind of hang your hat and say, well, you know, th- this is it's it's the players, you know. So it's it's such an interesting opportunity to be able to bring him into the building. Who do you think is older? Matt. Matt as Matt's the head coach of Green Bay, right? Correct. Correct. He's older. Younger brother Mike recently was the offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. How old is Matt? 38? I can look that up. Hold on. Yeah, I would say Matt's 38, Mike's 35. Matt LaFleur, 43. Wow. Looks great for 43. <laughs> it's because he uses the just for men to dye his uh, his little chin strap and goatee. Are you r- revealing your tips? It's a tip. It's you got to do what you got to do. Although you could probably see a little gray coming in here and here as I worried about Sean McVay's future. Mike is 36. Yeah, close, close. 36 and, and what was it, 43? Matt yeah, LaFleur? it's a big age gap. So 36. So there's another big identifier, right? Sean McVay and Mike LaFleur are the exact same age, right? Maybe they have similar lifestyles. They've been brought up in the same kind of culture. You know, they both like to go out and have a tequila on the rocks. That to me is definitely something that's in play. If you they could both like NFC North quarterbacks. Yeah. And that's why also Cliff Kingsbury feels like it's in play. And I feel like I'm, I'm going back to what McVay has previously hired in the past to where you had an older, more experienced defensive coordinator in Wade Phillips. And you always kind of went young with the offense coordinator, right? You go Matt LaFleur, you go Zach Taylor, right? And you kind of evolve in that direction. So I feel like McVay probably feels like he needs another young revolutionary mind in the, in the building. Um, that could be Mike LaFleur. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what Cliff Kingsbury really is as an offensive coordinator. I thought the West Phillips uh, of it all was just so cool when McVay took over. Cause it was just like this, like 30 year old young coach mixed with like the oldest mind in football at the time. And it was just this like hodgepodge of like really new offense and like really old school defense. Then, I mean, that, it's just so such a shame that they were never able to cap off that. Uh, That's what I'm saying. And, and Vic Fangio's defense isn't outdated by no, any means. No. You know, it's, it's very much older end. It's very much beneficial to your top personnel, right? You want to get them in isolated situations. You want to get them on one-on-ones. You want to keep your defensive backs consistently rotating, you know, positionless players, Jalen Ramsey could eventually convert himself into a safety in some specific schemes under a Fangio or a Brandon Staley type defense. To me, that is extraordinarily interesting if you can bring that back into the building because that was one thing that you you really kind of felt like you missed with Brandon Staley was you had the top off you had the top defense in the league, and it it felt like the journey to the Super Bowl would have been a little bit more simplistic if you can carry Brandon Staley over from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. Right, so, but you know they didn't need it. They didn't need it. They still got the job done. Pass rush wins Super Bowls, that and also fact. the um, pass rush. Um, the offense also had a nice little uh, boom, you should say, with Stafford. That was a yeah big reason. This yeah, I would think that was a, a minor piece of it too. Despite being ranked dead last in rushing throughout all of last year, similar so to the way insane. similar to the way Tampa Bay is this year. It's so uh, I mean, like it's so true though. Where you think of like last 
five, seven years and you think of the Super Bowl winning teams and you're like, which one of them, like, who was the best? Like, did any of them have like a, like a top tier running back? Like, did any of them have, like, have the running back that they paid? And if it was, you know, the 2018 Rams, then you could have said Todd Gurley, but they lost. So I want to say the top five leading rushers this year all missed the playoffs. Henry. Henry yeah. Chubb. No, isn't uh, the Chargers guy? He's got to be. Eckler. Yeah. I don't know if he was a top top five in rushing. He's probably top five in total yards. He was the number one fantasy player in right. the PPR league. I would have to look. Let me see uh, if I can pull that up really quick. Yeah, that'd be interesting. While you're pulling it up, uh, bet online. Basketball is back, and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, always the easiest. Whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well done, brother. Make sure you get on, on Bet Online today. Use promo code BELIEVE, and you could play some, uh, some same game parlays. You play some fun bets for Wild Card Weekend. You make it interesting. I got some stuff cooking up for you guys. I, Don't worry. I felt like you did. I'm going to go back to uh, this real quick before we jump into Wild Card Weekend and Knicks picks. Josh Jacobs, number one, 1,653 yards. Derrick Henry, number two, 1,538 yards. Nick Chubb, number three, 1,525 yards. So there's your top three. Saquon, your top three missed the playoffs. Saquon at number four, 1,300 yards. Miles Sanders, number five. Almost almost thirteen hundred yards, one thousand two hundred and sixty nine yards, and then Dalvin Cook is is sixth. So, uh, by the way, Miles Sanders is a free agent. Oh, We'd like to yet. see him paired with Cam Akers. He's still playing. I hope they don't get rid of Cam Akers. I hope they keep. No, him. no, they're not. Go- there's they're not going to. He's not. He's not hurting the cap next year. He's in the last year of his rookie deal. It's a perfect situation. Yeah, yeah. I I I think McVeigh probably looked at. At what he had, and was like, "Am I really going to retire with with Stafford and Cup and uh, Cam Akers like having his best year?" And Aaron yeah, retired and- three years from now. When you retire, when you turn forty, right? Like when the core is is pretty much Stafford's going to be forty years old in four years. Aaron Donald will be thirty four. Cooper Cup will be thirty four. I don't think Stafford wants to stop playing anytime soon. I mean, you, you're looking at Rodgers, and I mean Brady's the exception, but like. And, and Rodgers did have a really bad down year, but the two years prior to that, he was the MVP. Like, Stafford doesn't want to go out. I mean, amazing stat. Amazing stat for me personally. Um, Stafford had more interceptions this year than Goff. And think about how many games the two played. Insane. That's, that's pretty insane. Stafford doesn't want to go out like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, Stafford, I think, led uh, – did he lead the league in terms of playoff teams for quarterbacks to throw interceptions during the season? It's kind of like the Dak Prescott stat this year. I think he threw 15. Oh, last year? Last no, year. I think it was um, – could have been Burrow. Hold on. I'll tell you one second. Did you look up the other information? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the runner. The, um, oh, right. right, 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 right. Yeah. Matthew Stafford and Trevor Lawrence were tied for most intercepted passes in 2021 with 17. Oh, so uh, didn't <laughs> it's just Trev. Trev, I think might get his first playoff win today. Absolutely love that coach. Oh my God. I, everybody feels like they're on the chargers. I'm trying to, uh, to decipher how many play calls 
Doug Peterson made in that 2017 Super Bowl versus Frank Reich. We all know that the Philly Philly was Doug Peterson. No, but, it was uh, Foles. <laughs> yeah, what's Philly Foles? Philly was Foles. He runs up there and he says, should we do the Philly Philly? He's like, uh, okay. Yeah, good point. Good point. That one wasn't even Doug Peterson, right? So I'm, I'm wondering too, and, and similarly, like I would love to understand which percentage of the Super Bowl was called Kevin O'Connell versus Sean McVay and Frank Reich versus Doug Peterson we'll, in, in 17. 18 we'll felt like it was strictly Sean McVay. 100% Sean McVay. Yeah. Um, and then Zach Taylor goes on and gets a job with the Bengals. And the Bengals are now going to be, you know, top team in the playoffs this year. They're I don't know. Out. Yeah, it's, knocked out first round. Really? You think the don't Bengals might get Huntley. one right down the first round? Don't count out Huntley. All right, let's see what we got for Nick's picks this week. Oh, yeah? Are we ready? I'm ready. All right, guys. No theme song. I'm sorry. Boo. Boo. I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, look, we, we're, we're, we're getting more serious. We're into the playoffs. I don't know if you want to hear me singing Taylor Swift this week as you as you lay your entire wallet on the line. Um, there's a couple games that I really, really like. Don't forget to use Bet Online. Promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, not yep. spelled actually like believe. Um, the first one being, because it's today, it's my boys, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I love the coach. Um, I think when you do something as remarkably stupid, like playing the starters in a meaningless game, and then one of them goes down, I'd like karma is not on your side. I, I don't know if the Chargers have enough of a deep threat um, without Mike Williams because their other guy also um, went like had tore his ACL. I, I I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah. From last year, he tore his ACL. So he's coming back from it this year, right? Right. Uh, so I'm I'm just not I'm not ready to a hundred percent roll my LA points all over onto the Chargers. I don't think I I'll I'll, I'll ever do that. Like I'm not just going to root for a team because they're also in LA. Um, and I think the Jags, you always have to watch for the teams that kind of snuck in. You, always. Yep. Every single time, everybody kind of writes them off. And this year, those teams are Jacksonville and Tampa. And obviously, one of them has Tom Brady, so nobody's writing them off. But I think mm-hmm. people are already writing off Jacksonville. The game is in Duval Nation. Um, there was recently uh, a Jaguar that escaped from a Florida <laughs> so um, a Florida zoo. And I don't know if that was like a PR stunt, but you know, maybe it's, it's, it's the good luck that the Jags need. Um, I think people are envisioning this game with like Herbert, just kind of going up to uh, our boy Trev at the end and being like, Hey, good job, kid, get him next year. But I don't think, I I think Staley's going to kind of put them in their own way. Um, And the Jags just, I think they're just a well-coached team, a, a, a better-coached team than the Chargers. And I'm going to run with them at the money line at plus 120. And wow. I can't believe it that, that I'm even betting on the Jags in the playoffs because they're there. But, look, I'm, I'm happy with my decision to do that. I am they, they won a handful of playoff games game. with, uh, with Blake Bortles, right? So yeah. what, what leads you to believe they can't win playoff games with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence? And the game, I mean, like – they're a home dog. I think on like paper, on paper alone, a home dog should be considered as your. Oh, as very your much so. Yeah. yeah, I mean they have a lot of really fun skill players, right? You got Evan Ingram and Zay Jones and Tyler Yetney, right? There's a lot of of fun that comes along with that offense. They have a really young 
athletic offensive line, top draft picks on that line. Their front is strong. So uh, young talent in the secondary, I, I'm very, very excited to watch that game. And you always have to think about when people are already talking about a narrative that is that hasn't happened yet, like people in Jacksonville are already talking about, oh, well, look on the next year, and the Chargers are like, yeah, well, you know, we, we've already seen the Chiefs. It's like you don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. No, like let's no. let's let's take the plus one twenty with with the Jags and just move forward. And then my here's next- what I would um I'll, I'll take it one step further because I want to parlay this and I, I like because Mike Williams is out and Austin Eckler is such a great pass catcher. His number is only at thirty seven and a half at minus one twenty five. Mm. So you could parlay the. Jags money line with Austin Eckler over 37 and a half receiving yards to bump up those odds a little bit, get you some what, more money. What I would do is I would just take them independently because I feel like if the Chargers win, he probably will have more. Um, so you got to think way, too, though, if they're playing from behind, it's a good way to kind of rack up some yards in garbage time, too. Right. I mean, there's a way you both of those hit, but there's also a world where one hits and the other doesn't. Yep. And then you're just yep. kind of back to start, which is, you know, like essentially, right. which is nice. You're right. Um, we'll call that a little bit of a, of a Dean's lock, I guess. Moving on to uh, my favorite bet of the entire uh, wildcard playoffs, Buffalo Bills minus 13 and a half. Um, <laughs> I don't know what could be done to make me bet on the Miami Dolphins right now. They put up nine points against the Jets to sneak into the playoffs. They're starting a third string quarterback. Um, they had a complete blunder of a back half of the season. Uh, they were they, and now they're facing like an enemy that wants nothing more but to just kind of stomp on them. I mean, it's in division. It's going to be in Buffalo. Buffalo is the team of destiny, in my opinion, right now. I think they're going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. I think they have the world of support behind them. Um, they're talking about Damien potentially being at the game or maybe just making like a little video in yeah. the hospital bed to send to the Jumbotron to, for the fans. Well, um, he's out now. He's not even in the hospital anymore. Oh, really? He's yeah, completely he's, out? Amazing. Yeah. I thought he was still in bed rest. They're talking um, about him potentially standing on the sideline. Right, right, yeah. which would be crazy. Um, I, I just don't see a world where this game isn't similar to Rams-Cardinals last year where it's kind of just like never close, uh, early 14-0 lead. Um, Miami never kind of even has anything on offense. Um, The under could be considered only for the fact that I don't think Miami is going to score many points at all. But I also think Buffalo has the chance to score 43 on their own. Yeah, I could see like a 28-13 to game where they kind of fall under that that number of 43.5. I think that's a good call. I think I think Buffalo's going to score 30 points. I almost want to take an alternate line of like Buffalo minus 20 just, you know, because <laughs> I think that I think that that could easily hit and I'm not even kidding. Well, people um, were talking potentially largest playoff line in uh, the Super Bowl era history and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back to 2021 where the Rams were 14 and a half point favorites over the Patriots in a Super Bowl before we talk yeah, about I, the damn wild card round." How about um a couple years later? Um, the Patriots being the favorite against the Giants. Giants were like plus 16. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Like I, people don't know. People don't know the facts. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, That's why we got you. Yeah. Um, all your gambling needs. Yeah. Buffalo minus 13 and a half. I absolutely love it. If you want to get feisty, 
Um, you can do a little tease with Jacksonville, get them to plus eight and a half, and then Buffalo, you take out eight points of 13. Um, so then you only got them at minus 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, minus 5. I mean, I think that's fantastic. Um, Jacksonville has to do their job and, you know, keep it at plus eight and a half. But I think that'll be fine. Yeah. I don't have any special props in that game just because I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a of a question mark based on how the Bills Josh Allen, Josh Allen, anytime touchdown score would be worth sprinkling. As a rusher. Yeah, I think that's a smart bet. What about Seattle and, and the Niners? You haven't talked about I'm not touching with a 39 and a half foot pole. <laughs> I cuz cuz I want Seattle to win but I don't see a world where they do. So uh as I looked at the I was I think it was Steve Wyke this morning from NFL Network was talking about how the weather in San Francisco is horrible. It's not football weather, it's rainy, it's cold, it's nasty. Rainy Could right be now. beneficial it's for the Seahawks. California. Yeah. Well, it's northern gonna- it's Northern California, right? So it's it's a little bit colder up there. Yeah, I was gonna golf today. I got the whole place to myself. My girls, uh, my girls uh, on a girls trip, and I was gonna golf with my buddies. And of course, now we have to freaking pivot to bowling. <laughs> horrible, horrible. <laughs> you go to uh, they don't have any simulators in Southern California. You go hit some balls into the screen. I don't think my friends could do that. No, they don't. Have. I don't think they could do that. <laughs> they would be shooting off the top of the wall. I yeah, see they would break something. Yeah, I could see that. Well, so it's you don't want to touch- golf swings bad. They don't even ever golf with my friends. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's it's fair to want to stay away from that game. But considering the weather, maybe Seattle plus nine and a half might be a play because I, I think that they're going to allow San Francisco to you know the the one Brock Purdy to kind of manage the game a little bit. They're not. I don't think they're going to try to score thirty eight points in that game. I think they're going to try to manage the time of possession. They're going to try to stick to the run, win a nasty game, and potentially that spread is a little bit closer than we would initially think. Yeah, I I think if like gone to my head, I would take Seattle plus nine and a half if I needed to win a bet. Yeah. Um, only because I know that um, if San Fran gets up early, they're just going to run the crap out of the ball to to get rid of time, and then Seattle can get like you know a giant chunk play here, and then all of a sudden it's a three point game with like a minute left. Mm-hmm. And then they just get two first downs and it's over. Um, I I can't tell you though that this isn't the truth because it is. My whole year would be made if Seattle finds a way to win the game. Oh my god! Oh my god! So agree. So heavy agree. Heavily agree. <laughs> whole um, rest of the my playoffs. favorite upset ever. My my feet are so high up on the couch after that happens. I am enjoying the rest of the ride every single second of it. I want to take Bills Niners uh, as the two teams to win their conference right yeah, now. Yeah, Bills Niners. So, so today, four thirty-five Eastern is Seahawks and Niners. That's the first wild card game tonight. Is the Chargers and the Jags at eight fifteen Eastern, five fifteen Pacific time, and then tomorrow is Dolphins Bills at one o five ten o five Pacific time, and then, and then uh, Giants play four forty. Giants Vikings right. play four forty, and then you got the Ravens and the Bengals at eight fifteen. Tomorrow night and then, and then Monday and then night. Monday, Dallas, Dallas. Tampa. Dallas. Um, I'm probably going to take Dallas in that game. Um, just straight up, that's not going to be a Nick pick. Um, my last pick is I'm going to run with the minus 150 money line of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I've never seen a team with this record get this disrespected. Actually, that's not true. I have. Um, Steelers when they start that season 11 and 0. Yeah, and then they lost to the Browns because of like two horrible snaps over Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, oh, no, I'm thinking of a different game. 
Oh, um, I think th- th- this was like the 2020 season. I was thinking of the Jada. Uh, no, it wasn't Jadavion Clowney. It was uh, Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph, where the snap went over his head. They were in the end zone. Yeah. Was that the yeah. same game? Yeah, same game. Oh, so it wasn't Big Ben. It was it was Mason Rudolph. No, I, I mean the yeah, one I'm thinking it was the 2020 season. The Steelers started 20 or 11 and 0, and they pewtered out. Um, and then they played the Browns in the playoffs, and they snap over Big Ben's head and then recovered by the Browns to start the game. Yes, franchise best 11 and 0. And it was 20 it was 2019. So is that one of Big Ben's last years? Was it his one of his last years? He played one more year after he played that. One more year. Yep. That's a fair way to last year and they made the playoffs and they lost to Kansas City. Yeah, there's some legitimate disrespect there. And uh you know what? It is a 440 game. It's not a 1 1 o'clock. <sighs> Kirk Cousins game where he's the Super Bowl MVP, but it's four right. against right. a team that many think is is a better coach team than the Vikings right now because everybody just, loves yeah. Brian Dable. I just disagree. I think Minnesota is great. I think they have probably the second most talented roster altogether um, next to the Niners out of all the teams available. Um and I just I love what O'Connell did to this team because this is they've reached where we thought they could have been with Zimmer. Um, yeah. And there's you know there's a world where Minnesota goes out there and they score like 38 points and the Giants and Danny Dimes are held to like 13, and now all of a sudden Minnesota is like this like feisty you know road team going into San Fran. So I anything could happen if if you get hot right now which is the time that you want to get hot then you are officially a super bowl um not favorite but you, like mm-hmm. you 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 absolutely can make it so so here's what happens so if if the giants win their game the eagles would host the giants because it would be the sixth unless seattle wins the game because the eagles would play the lowest seed right? right so they would most likely get the giants if they won that game and then we would go Cowboys and Niners in the next week, which to me, I want to have the hardest possible path forward for the 49ers, which to me would be a, a top tier pass rush. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys going pass against rush. the Niners. Yeah. Parsons. Pass rush. Pass rush. Top tier. Yeah. I'm interested to see how that's all going to unfold. And then there was there one other game that we didn't talk about yet. Oh, Ravens, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. Baltimore plus nine, I would take. Um, no, no Lamar. Yeah, I know. I I don't even know if they're going to go with Huntley. I think the Bengals are going to win that game by like 21 points. I don't. No? No, no. Um, divisional game. Burrow has actually played really poor um, against the Ravens. I think the Bengals win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody, like every, you know, ho-hum gambler out there is like, all right, San Francisco money line, Bills money line, Cincinnati Bengals money line. And the first two are going to hit easily, and then it's going to be Sunday night, and they're going to be watching this game, and they're like, how the hell is Huntley driving down the field and scoring a game-winning touchdown right now? And there's going to be an underdog that wins. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's no shot. Every single favorite pulls out. Um, I think everybody from an underdog perspective really likes the Giants and really likes the Jags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those but are I your think, two underdogs that people are buying into. I think it, it would be smart to do like just if you had $300, just be like, okay, Jacksonville, 100. 
New York Giants 100, Bengals 100, or, uh, Ravens 100. So then that way, like, you know, if two of them hit, you're over the moon. If one of them hits, you're one of them hits and you're back to even. Not really. I mean, if the Ravens hit, you're you're up. But if one of them hits, you're 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 kind of okay. Um, but yeah. I think that uh, that Lamar Jackson situation is is going to handcuff them to just bad football and unnecessary drama and uh, you know unnecessary scrutiny to the way that they've handled the Lamar Jackson situation, which I think is yeah. Really but think important. about this: they win the game, they go to the next round. Lamar's back. So he has a PCL tear, or it's a it's a slight tear in his PCL, which is like the back of your knee. I was listening to AJ Hawk talk about it on the Pat McAfee show today. It's something that limits his mobility to the nth degree, right? It's it, he almost feels like there's something loose in your knee when you oh. have a, a limited piece or a, a slight PCL tear. It doesn't mean that the the PCL isn't in your knee any longer, but it it's kind of like fading away, and it takes you can't get surgery. You have to like wait. For the recovery time to play itself out, you have to rehab really tough. So, and AJ Hawk was saying they were play they play golf. Whenever he goes down into a squat, he can still feel the pressure of the PCL on the back of his knee. So it's I don't think it's a situation that Lamar Jackson thought it was going to be as severe as it was, and it turned into be a uh, turned out to be a much more severe injury that was continuously aggravated over the last three or four weeks. So, I expect him not to be a Raven next year. I, yeah, well, they said they might potentially place the franchise tag on him, and there's another variation of the franchise tag to where another team can come in and offer two first-round picks to take him on to their team. So you're essentially swapping two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson, which I feel like 15, 20 teams would be lined up to do that. So, For some reason, I think he just makes so much sense in Oakland. Yeah, well, that would be fun. That would be super fun team that goes yeah. like 10 and seven <laughs> Devante goes nowhere. Waller goes nowhere. Renfro gets healthy again. Josh Jacobs. Maybe if Lamar comes back, Josh Jacobs, zero doubt signs with that team again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's it. I'll, I'll run it back for you guys with the official slate. Uh, Jags plus plus one twenty. bills minus 13 and a half Vikings minus minus one fifty five. That's those are the only bets that I'm going to take. Um, I might take Dallas minus 140, um, and that's a gamble that's 100% from my heart because I don't want to see Tom Brady make a playoff push with an 8-9 and record. Yeah. Um, their team is just so pitiful. Their coach is horrible. Um, I mean, this would be a true, like, give him the freaking Harvard Masterclass video talking about how to do it, like, you know, essentially with, like, one guy that you trust in my yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I just really, really hope that he doesn't. Uh, I just don't want to watch it. I really don't. I, I don't it, blame you. Don't blame you at all. Too much. I'm so happy that my boy Jarrett knocked out Green Bay because I'm so happy I don't have to watch that. I'm still extremely pissed at the officiating because I felt like the Rams should have won that game and said, yeah. Jared Goff. And listen, we should, we should be watching him today in the playoffs. We absolutely should. And they would have such a better shot at beating the Niners because. Totally, totally 100% agree. Like, in a shootout, which that game would have been, I'm going to take the uh, the Lions. I think yeah, because I feel like where the 49ers get themselves in trouble is when they have to put together drive after drive after drive of scoring offenses. But, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. When they're playing from behind, that's where that game plan is going to get difficult when you have a limited seventh-round pick as your quarterback. Right. But, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's what I got for you guys. Thanks for, uh, we- thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys listening. Duval. Nick wanted to say go Jags there for a second, I think. 
I did. Yeah, he did. Rams Go Rams. Rams Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. If you place any bets, tag them on Twitter so that we can see what you guys are placing. We could ride with you potentially. Yeah. Um, make sure to like and subscribe. Follow on Twitter. Follow across all socials. All all podcast platforms. Well, we're here. So Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. Take care. Go Rams. Peace. <laughs>